Alrighty, good morning everybody. Hope you got a nice big old cup of coffee. That way we can get in and talk about 10 of the trending crypto news articles of the day. As always, if you haven't already, please subscribe. And thanks to all those who do. And down in the description, you can find a link or links to all the articles talked about today. So without further ado, let's jump into things. Big news on the PayPal front right now. Uh, sources are saying they're going to team up with Paxos. Hey, hey. So, yeah, I know. It, uh, it's a pretty plum assignment for New York-based Paxos, which last week launched the Paxos Crypto Exchange and announced its first customer in Revolut US. The American division of the UK-based fintech firm also offers Bitcoin trading. A formal announcement of the PayPal relationship could come as soon as this week, a source said. Dang, I was hoping for, like, Q4. Ooh, buddy. So, it's not clear exactly which cryptocurrencies PayPal intends to offer. Paxos declined to comment, and PayPal did not return requests for comment by press time. Coindesk broke the news of PayPal's crypto plans on June the 22nd. Yes, Coindesk, you did pat yourself on the back a little bit more. So, the new Paxos brokerage, an API-based solution for making crypto services easy for businesses to roll out, allows cryptocurrency buying, selling, holding, and sending capabilities, all while handling the regulatory compliance aspects. Paxos, which holds a New York State trust charter, is a qualified custodian, legally permitted to hold gold and digital assets such as Bitcoin and Ethereum on institutional investors. The half. Oh man, if this ends up being true, PayPal has 325 million users. If you don't know what PayPal is, you've probably been living under quite the rock. It is huge in America. A lot of people have it. A lot of people use it. Uh, but yeah, no, they're playing catch-up because uh, crypto's steadily moving from being a pseudo-asset with fringe appeal to a must-have for fintech and challenger bank apps looking to build revenue and customers. It's very true. On a blog post published last week, Paxo CEO Charles Casacarilla, oh, I like that last name, uh, said his firm's new brokerage service could be a tipping point for cryptocurrency, suggesting more clients are on the way from fintech apps to banks to brokers to e-commerce brands. Cascarilla said Paxos is prepared to scale its own internal exchange, it bit to meet the demands of new clients. Oh boy, the rumors swirl, the leaks are building. If PayPal does launch, they announce this partnership on the 20th and they roll out something here in Q3. God, I don't know what that's going to do to prices. Just because the market seems to be so, like, muted right now in regards to the big ones. But if they're launching, they're probably going to do, like, I'd assume Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP. I would say maybe, maybe, maybe Cardano, given that um, it will be, you know, on mainnet by the time anything comes out for them, more than likely. But... Uh, that's highly unlikely that it'll be added first go. My guess will be Bitcoin, Ethereum, maybe Ripple, maybe Bitcoin Cash. Uh, just kind of like dip their toes in, get some early stuff. Anything other than those two they announce, those altcoins, if they announce like, oh yeah, we're going to support VeChain, we're going to support Tezos, we're going to support Monero, like those coins will rocket. 
Bitcoin and Ethereum, eh, we'll see. Those other coins right now will probably go nuts. So I'm very, very interested to see what happens with this. Um, but yeah, for now, let's move on and talk about article number two. Uh, so the latest DeFi craze involves a one-man project with his own quotes calling it a worthless token. So yeah, I read this article and I laughed and I figured you guys might enjoy it too. So the latest DeFi yield farming mania involves Yearn, a yield aggregating platform developed by just one man, Andre Crone. Despite his warnings that the platform's token Wi-Fi is worthless and won't be on Uniswap, it was actually listed on Uniswap. A price run of more than 4,000% in a single day kicked off as a consequence, and it made Wi-Fi farming reach annualized yields of over 1,000%, the highest of any previous initiative. For a quote-unquote worthless token, get a 4,000% price run and 1,000% returns. That's just nuts. So the Wi-Fi token can be earned by simply providing liquidity to a family of DeFi platforms developed primarily by Crone, where Yearn.Finance is the flagship product. The platform automates the process of finding the highest yield among other DeFi platforms, similar to another recently launched protocol. Through the announcement of the incentive scheme on Friday, reiterated the token uh, is worthless, markets decided otherwise, someone else listed the token on Uniswap and Balancer on Saturday, so not even Crone, just some other person, allowing speculators to buy Wi-Fi while its farmers could now sell it. The valuation of the token began at 30 bucks, and it reached an all-time high of $2,374 the following day. Like, this is the type of thing people dream of stumbling on. Uh, speaking with Cointelegraph, Crone said he's got no clue why the price behaved the way it did. He said, honestly, I just wanted to distribute voting rights because I didn't want to manage the contracts anymore, he added. Oh, man. Uh, Bly earned entered the weekend with a total value locked of about $8 million, but the figure ballooned to more than $147 million by Monday. Crone nevertheless characterized today's yield farming mania as a fad, arguing that after distribution it will all calm down and the system will return to normal. He stressed he does not own any of his own tokens, saying the token price is irrelevant to me. Dear God. The price also doesn't change how the system operates, he noted, so there's no real net effect. The Wi-Fi token holders are expected to soon decide if the liquidity mining should be capped and how the value generated by the protocol should accrue to the token. So this guy made this thing like, look, I'm just tired of managing all this this crap myself, so I'm going to I'm going to create this so that way you guys can all argue and figure it out. And they went, "Okay, so it's worth money, right?" No, and then they went, "Okay, no, it's worth money. Don't worry about it, man. We, we got this from here." This reminds me of Dogecoin <laughs> so much in that it was made by a guy who did it purely, like, for Dogecoin, it was purely just a joke. For this guy, it was literally just, I'm tired of managing all this myself, so I'm going to create a way for the users who work with me to just manage it. And it got way, 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 way out of control. That's how I view it which is hilarious and insane to me. So keep an eye out for this Wi-Fi token. Um, it's a joke coin, which means I don't think long-term it's gonna do well, but if he's already you know, kicked governance over to a community, if that community's engaged, 
I mean, it's already got 4,000% returns. I don't expect it's going to hold on to that for a incredibly long amount of time, but I could expect Wi-Fi to actually grow into a real protocol, <laughs> which is just nuts to me. Where, what other industry can this happen? So yeah, that's my little think piece today. Alrighty. Uh, MasterCard's jumping into the cryptocurrency game. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I have. Pretty much all of the crypto debit cards that exist have been Visas. So it looks like MasterCard's finally stepping up. So it looks like it's reaching out to cryptocurrency firms and encouraging them to apply to become partners of its newly expanded cryptocurrency card program. Uh, now enhanced for crypto card ac applicants, the Accelerate program gives partners support with their market entry, continued growth, and international expansion. Uh, the new partners will be assisted in integrating MasterCard's technology and will be in a position to benefit from the firm's cybersecurity expertise and market research. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, it's the kind of deal they probably have to do to catch up to Visa, since Visa seemingly has got the jump on them in all this. Uh, MasterCard has emphasized that all partners must apply with its core principles, providing robust consumer protection, operating compliance with all relevant laws and regulations, and establishing a level playing field for all stakeholders. Uh, Raj Dahamandaharan, da Dahamandaharan, I don't know, uh, Executive Vice President of Digital Asset and Blockchain Products and Partnerships at MasterCard said, cryptocurrency, the market continues to mature and MasterCard is driving it forward, creating safe and secure experiences for consumers and businesses in today's digital economy. Yeah, 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 whatever. So, <laughs> Parallel is reaching out to CryptoCard partners. MasterCard has also announced the London-based crypto payment processor Wirex has become the first native cryptocurrency platform to be granted a MasterCard principal partnership, which is, of course, regulated by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority and has a license to issue crypto cards in Europe. It hit over 3 million active users, noting that the increasing numbers of them are not typical hardcore crypto users. So they're... Great article on two fronts. MasterCard's getting into the game. And a little tidbit. We're starting to see uh, non-hardcore people. I would say that myself and anyone listening to this video are probably hardcore crypto people. Though we're probably not all hardcore users. I mostly just hold for obvious reasons um, in my mind. But it's very interesting to see more and more people getting in the game. More and more people do this. Adoption, 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 adoption. Like... It makes me excited. Alrighty, so <laughs> Bitcoin is beyond banning in the United States over here in Article 4 with Mr. Uh, Barry Silbert, the CEO of Grayscale. Yep, that Grayscale that was buying up all that Bitcoin and then mysteriously stopped about a month ago now. Um, he thinks it's highly unlikely regulators will ban Bitcoin. I'm right there with him. Uh, he's cautiously optimistic that the regulatory environment for Bitcoin will get better. I'm also cautiously optimistic of it for reasons we'll get into in a second. So, no matter who's in the White House this fall, it's the verdict of Barry Silver, CEO of venture firm Digital Cryptocurrency Group and its subsidiary leading DASA, da digital asset management firm Grayscale. Uh, yeah, he's saying it's unlikely. Um, you know, Bitcoin's been regulator site since 2012 when the U.S. Attorney General's office began investigating cryptocurrency last year. Old DJT, United States President Donald Trump, criticized it and other cryptocurrencies as being a medium for illegal activity. Like Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump, he's an old man and 
as such, most frankly, are out of touch with cryptocurrency and what it can do because they don't understand it. Um, so yeah, for the first time ever, according to Mr. Silbert, we are past the banned Bitcoin perceived risk. There's enough support in DC from policymakers and regulators that Bitcoin has a right to exist and ultimately you can't shut it down. Uh, he went on to explain that much of the policymaker shift in attitude was down to the work of lobbying groups such as the Blockchain Association and Coin Center, who worked relentlessly to educate regulators and congressmen. So yeah, very good, very, very, very good. Yeah, Trump doesn't like it. Uh, Biden doesn't own any Bitcoin either. So whoever's in there doesn't really have a stake in the game. So it's going to be up to the lobbying groups, which I hate saying that because I hate lobbyists, um, people like us to continue to push forward for cryptocurrency adoption. Another thing that throws some uncertainty up into the air is uh, the current chair of the SEC, Jay Clayton, is uh, going to be stepping down. Yeah. His three-year SEC tenure has been described by the New York Times as muted. Yeah. And last month, he was tipped for the role of next U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. So the hope would be for um, SEC Commissioner S. Hester Price, a.k.a. known as the Crypto Mom, to take over. She is very pro-Bitcoin. I doubt she'll get the nod from Donald Trump because of that. But you never know if she can get into the position, um, it's going to do good things for the industry. As of yet, no SEC new SEC chairman has been chosen. So we just got to watch all this play out from the sidelines. But all right, um, here we go. Last last one for the the front five. Uh, Wirecard's ex COO is turning up in Russia with Bitcoin. So Jan Marslack. Wirecard's former chief operating officer has reportedly fled to Russia with a cache of Bitcoin, which, if you don't know, Wirecard filed for insolvency after, quote, losing nearly $2.1 billion. Uh, he had reportedly boasted about his connections to the Russian military intelligence agency, the GRU. This is according to a report by the German news outlet Hensblatt on Sunday. Uh, Jan Marslick is said to have brought significant sums to Russia in the form of bitcoins from Dubai, where Wirecard had dubious operations. Hmm. Like, literally, guys, this reads like a movie. So, employees of the GRU, Russia's military intelligence agency, reportedly helped Marslick get to a private house in the Moscow region. On June of 22nd, German prosecutors arrested the head of Wirecard's Dubai-based unit. An arrest warrant was issued for Marslick as well, but he managed to escape before he could be caught, leaving a slew of false leads and clues as to where he may be. Airline bookings and falsified immigration records showed that he had traveled to the Philippines en route to China, with investigators later determining that was false. Dear Lord, this is some Jason Bourne stuff going on right here. Uh, while working at Wirecard, he reportedly boasted he had contact with the GRU and even claimed to have the formula for Novichok, which is the military-grade poison that was allegedly, probably though, but allegedly, used by the GRU to poison Sergei and Yulia Skiripal in the United Kingdom. Oh yeah. At the same time, researchers calculated that Marslex entered the Russian Federation around 60 times in the last 10 years. Are you kidding me? This dude flees, flees Dubai, leaves a fake trail showing he was going to the Philippines with immigration records there, 
showing that he went there on his way to China while all the while making his way to Moscow. Like, holy crap. At first, I thought this, you know, $2.1 million in Bitcoin didn't exist. Like, they just kind of, like, falsified records and trumped it up. Now I'm almost thinking this guy might have made off with one of the biggest bank robberies ever. Or bigger, biggest embezzlement things ever. Potentially, this dude swiped $2.1 billion worth of Bitcoin. Now, more than likely, it's probably a couple hundred million worth of Bitcoin. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy to me that this is actually a thing we're talking about but hey this is the world we live in and with that that takes care of the front five articles we'll be back with the rear five here in oh just a second stand up stretch it out a little bit and then let's dive back into things mm, all right hopefully you're all stretched out my back is killing me guys dear lord but go lay on a couch once I'm done with this. So, hopping over, we got a dual hit of central bank digital currencies or CBDC articles for you. So yeah, the Bank of Japan, the country's central bank, confirmed Monday it's setting up a new central bank digital currency division to speed up the project's issuance and development. It's being set up under their payment and settlements department. Ten members will work on a team led by Akia Okumo, senior official in the payments department. This new CBDC division's agenda includes legally defining digital currencies as well as speeding up the research and issuance of a CBDC in Japan, colloquially known as the digital yen. The division will also liaise with European think tanks such as the European Central Bank and the Bank of England to create a globally accepted digital currency solution. Woo! There we go. We've been talking about China. I know South Korea is working on something. Now we got Japan pushing in as well developing these things now these cbdc's uh, how much blockchain technology they'll actually use versus how much control they'll have um how much control a government will have over it it's going to vary i'm assuming across the board i know china is going to have very 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 tight control um it's going to utilize pretty much no decentralized stuff at all they want it to be a lot more centralized so they can control it a lot more japan might allow a bit more freedom like maybe each bank could operate a node on the network but at the same time only the central bank would have um, issuance rights or something like that could be interesting to see so yeah um, the boj bank of japan committee arrived six months after the deputy governor said the bank should be ready to issue digital currencies if public demand rises in response to technical advances in settlement systems. Uh, depending on thing, how things unfold in the world of settlement systems, public demand for CBDCs could soar in Japan. Um, and they're not the only Japanese bank that's so exploring this. There are three private banks in Japan already running pro pilot programs or in the advanced stages of research with other corporations. Um, yeah, and these efforts are taking place as China and South Korea do the same thing. The land of the rising sun does not want to be left behind. It's a good closing sentence. I don't know who wrote this. Uh, Sharia Malwa, that's a good closing sentence. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, so Japan's trying to jump in the game. I'm really excited for this because it's showing that we would not be talking about things like this without Bitcoin without cryptocurrencies. 
Um, these are direct extensions of that. They do threaten our space in some way, though I kind of view this as these will become like the future's stable coins. Um, private stable coins like USDC and Tether will still exist, but that's in my head. Like these will become like closer to, you know, the new generation of stable coins since they'll be backed by a government, whereas traditional cryptocurrencies will become, you know, stay in the speculative nature they are, become kind of like stocks in a way depending on how they're structured. Uh, with Bitcoin, that wouldn't be the case, but with something much more centralized, I would consider that to be a stock like crypto.com, like MCO, I would consider that to be when you're buying, you know, CRO, MCO, or either of those things, you're kind of buying into your belief in crypto.com. So I feel like that's more like a stock, but there's so many different things going on. We're just going to have to see where it goes. But in seeing where it goes, we do also have to talk about France. They've selected eight potential partners for their own CBDC experiment. They've picked eight fintech firms to take part. Uh, the firms are going taking part in the experiments include Accenture, HSBC, and Seba Bank, and it's one of several digital countries vying to pioneer this digital coin. Like, I just two articles back to back, but got to talk about them because this is huge news. As I've already mentioned, within today's announcement, the Bank de France laid out specific criteria for their proposals, noting that they aim to explore new methods of exchanging financial instruments, but specifically excluded crypto assets such as Bitcoin. The experiments will test CBDC regulations to improve the execution of cross-border payments and revisit methods of making central bank digital money available. While the bank emphasizes that these proposals are purely experimental, it remarks that the findings will constitute a direct contribution to similar CBDC investigation in the Eurozone, ultimately forming the basis for a digital Euro. While France seems to be leading the supranational charge towards this, um, in Italy, the Italian Banking Association has built a set of guidelines for, an for the incipient CBDC. Meanwhile, the Dutch Central Bank has offered to be a testing ground for the digital euro. So here we got China, Japan, Korea, France, and by extension, the entire EU. America needs to get some stuff going. That's all I'm gonna say about that. All right, hopping over, talking about MGM Grand here for a hot sec, because these guys got hacked. And the hackers are attempting to sell the data on darknet markets for roughly $2,939 worth of Bitcoin or Monero. Uh, the report initially stemmed from Znet, and it was assumed last year the hackers only obtained information concerning 10 million guests in 2019. Uh, up here at the top, they say names, addresses, phone numbers, and dates of birth. Down here later, it talks about emails. Um, so that's all valuable information. However, it's not as valuable because um, they did not get any financial information as far as we know. However, Nightline security founder Vinny Troy Troya told columnist Caitlin Simpanu via email correspondence that the company did not own or manage MDM's full database. I'm assuming they would be the ones who got hacked. They're saying it's 10 million. The sellers are saying it's for all 142 million. 479,937 MGM Grand Hotel guests. So they're saying we got 
pretty much MGM's entire database. For those of you who do not know, MGM is not just the MGM grant. They actually own, I would say at this point, 50% of Vegas proper and an additional large number of regional properties and international properties. They're actually a very big gaming conglomerate, so they are getting information from around the world. Uh, yeah, and they also stated, you know, MGM Resorts was aware of the scope of this previously reported incident from last summer and has already addressed the situation. The vast majority of data consists of contact information like names, postal addresses, and email addresses. They're sticking to their guns that no financial information like, um, you know, social security cards was ripped as well. However, my knowledge of casinos tells me that if you were able to get their card status, um, the way casinos work, the more money you spend in them, the higher card status you get, the more perks you qualify for. So if you're able to get their name, phone number, address, <laughs> email, and you can find out their card status, well then you know who to target because based on their spending, you can reasonably assume that they have more money. So this is not great for them. Um, and I wanted to talk about it because they're trying to sell it for Bitcoin, so that could potentially be a downside here in the cryptocurrency space. But also, here's the kind of thing that, let's say, Cardano, with their um, ID program that they're doing that will store your identification on the blockchain, immutably, unhackably, you would own it, and then you could share it with MGM so they can identify you. But at the same time, you own that information, and they may or may not have the rights to take it. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, most businesses build these databases and accrue these this information because they can use it for their marketing schemes. So any loyalty program you're part of, bam, they've got all that information about you. They really do. Uh, so getting some blockchain products that will allow us to prove we are who we say we are while at the same time providing some additional security layers for us is going to be great. I got to talk about Ethereum here for just a hot second. Their price action has continued to be dull and resembles that of Bitcoin. And people are starting to speculate that whatever Bitcoin does, Ethereum's going to do. I disagree with that for the arguments they'll stay state below. But they're worried that a possible postponement of ETH 2.0 might cause Ethereum to experience a local top of 250. Honestly, they postpone Ethereum 2.0 again. They're probably going to see a pretty significant drop. Uh, between the 1st and the 9th of July, Ethereum traded between the range of $222 and $248. It's narrowed to between $230 and $248 in the past week. Price action of Ethereum within a tight range resembles that of Bitcoin and has not had much to show this quarter. It has been unspeakably, unsettlingly quiet. However, we know all is not lost as the DeFi industry might provide the spark needed for Ethereum to continue gaining in crypto markets. Earlier this week, it was revealed that approximately 3.5 million Ethereum is locked up in DeFi platforms. This value is 3% of the existing 112 million Ethereum in circulation and should continue to grow with the increased interest in yield farming. It should also the vast majority of DeFi programs run on Ethereum. So, uh, just 
honestly, if Ethereum could drop 2.0 and start showing like hardcore development milestones are being set, I honestly think this coin could be leading the charge for another insane bull market run. But we've got to see, we've got to find out. I don't know what's gonna happen any more than you guys do, but God, I really hope it happens soon because this waiting is to me the hardest part. Give me a massive dump, give me a massive pump, give me something. Anyways, so good news. So even though Bitcoin prices have languished, they've been muted, they've not really moved, North American cryptocurrency mining companies are tapping into a flurry of fresh financing from investors to pay for new equipment and upgrades. Oh yeah, so more than one billion of new Bitcoin mining computers will be purchased for North American Bitcoin mining in the next two years. Uh, several people familiar with the industry have told Coindesk that's about five times the publicly traded mining equipment maker Canaan's revel revenue for all of 2019. Uh, North America is going is not going to completely take over mining, but there's going to be growth. Trevor Smith, managing partner of San Francisco-based Arctos Capital, said in a phone interview. In April, Arctos funded a 1 million sale and leaseback transaction for Blockware Mining, a Bitcoin mining and rig hosting company, according to a press release at the time. The trend shows that a slew of entrepreneurs and investors are undaunted by the recent doldrums in the Bitcoin market, where for the past month prices have remained stuck, almost uncannily quiet for the historically volatile crypto. After a slew of predictions earlier this year that the maze once every four years having might send prices to $90,000 or higher. I mean, currently, China's got uh, well over the majority of hash power, like 65%, which is unsettling to some people, but we've gotten used to it. It makes no sense for China to crash the network. All that would happen is they lose a crap ton of money as well. But being able, as the United States, to chip away at that percentage would be nice, not going to lie. So um, the rest of this article, and it is a long article, just goes through and they talk about this company's doing this, this company's doing that, this company's doing this, this company's doing that. And it, you know, and then it goes into, you know, Bitcoin's price movement. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. As always, all the links to the articles are down in the description or there's a link to them in the description depending on where you're finding this content. So you can check it out down below, read the full article, do your own research, don't take anything I say as uh, fact. Believe me, um, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. I'm no way a financial advisor, please. This is for entertainment purposes only. So. That being said, that includes our 10 trending crypto news articles of the day. Let's hop over here to CoinMarketCap and take a look at the top 10 and then some. Uh, Bitcoin pretty flat. Ethereum's actually up 1.7%. Uh, XRP is pretty flat. Bitcoin Cash up over a percent. Cardano down slightly but pretty flat. Bitcoin SV, Binance Coin, Chainlink, and Litecoin are all pretty flat but technically in the green. Good for them. Uh, EOS is up about 3%. Let's see any big or crazy gainers that I can find. Uh, IOTA, all the way down here at 24, is up 5%. Good for IOTA. Uh, Compound's up 6%. Good for Compound. Synthetics is up 
Uh, Algorand's up seven. We did talk about them the other day. Seems they're kind of they've hit their their cap and they're kind of flattening off. That's good. Eh, that's fine. Ample fourth up by eleven percent. No idea what that is. Maybe we'll have to do a dive into them at some point. Swipe up forty two percent. Oof. Yeah, that Binance effect. Alrighty. Oh, hey, that does it for me. Once again, thanks to all those who have subscribed and continue to listen. You have no idea how much I appreciate it and all of you. Um, yeah, and I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow. Peace.